this universe, we look at a lot of things like failure is not such a bad thing. You're not failing, you maybe you're not trying hard enough. Welcome to Ending Pending. I'm your host. I'm Andy. I'm a ghoul prepared to be smashed, and I'm Evan. Why don't you haunt my dick? And I'm Ronnie. If you can tell by those introductions, Ending Pending is a very good podcast where we discuss television shows which have only lasted for a single season. We are currently covering seesaws? Yeah. <laughs> my brother, my brother, and me. But before we get into that, I have a bit for us. What's the bit, Andy? What's the bit other than us doing Mobim Bam, the TV show, which has been <laughs> so much of what our bits are comprised of to this point as it is? Uh, I thought we would talk about what our favorite McElroy product is. Hmm. Oh, I, I know. I have an answer. Before we do that, I do want to say that... Uh, Fuck the people from our former podcast network who had a McElroy themed podcast. And if you want yeah. to cut that, Ronnie, you can. But uh, I say fuck them. They stole a lot of our money, allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. allegedly. Allegedly, they did an embezzle and fuck them. Yeah. But we're going to cover this show now and we're not going to talk about them uh, again. Yeah. Fair and, enough. Uh, yeah, that could be cut. But yeah, I wanted to say it. Um, it's, it's, it's fair and valid. Yeah. So, what is everyone's favorite McElroy product? I calling it products sounds weird. But they are products. They, they are, are products. I feel like they are not our friends. They, they are, are not. We are yeah. not. We do not have a parasocial relationship with the McElroy brothers. We consume their products, and I do like their products. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. I also feel like I mean it, it is. We should like take a moment and talk about the you know. Uh, let, let's do a Sarah Z, a Sarah Z and, and talk about the politics of the McElroys. Uh, the McElroys uh, commercialize their products more than most uh, online creators in a way that is not necessarily like gross, but they certainly make a business out of it. So I yeah. do mm-hmm. not necessarily feel bad about calling them a products. Mm-hmm. That's that's a very good point. Yeah. And yeah. Um, also, no shade on them for doing that. You got to make a no. Living. Yeah, I don't yeah. think they commodify their like lives, but they definitely commodify like their personalities and dynamics in a way that is profitable. So, like, go ahead, boys, get it. Yeah, I yeah. I do think a lot of the quote unquote. We're just talking McElroy uh, politics now. Sure, but uh, I do think a lot of the quote unquote controversy or discourse around the McElroys has stemmed mostly from. People who have an unhealthy parasocial relationship with the Mackle boys. And if you uh, just keep in mind that they're not your friends and that this is just a product and you can enjoy a product or you can even not enjoy a product without having to make it like a moral issue, then a lot of the controversy for the most part goes away. 100% agree. They I also, they, uh, I think ahead, that's Evan. safe for me to say as, as, uh, you know, like a semi-privileged, I guess not semi-privileged, as a privileged person, I can say that. But yeah, I think a lot of the discourse I've ever heard is from people who are like moralizing, liking or disliking the McElroys in a weird way. And it's like, y'all, they're just, they're podcasters and you just like or dislike their product and move on. 100% agree. Also, I generally think they earnestly try to do a good job about, uh, like, treating marginalized groups fairly. They, uh, they try to do a good job about, like, representation and stuff. They are imperfect people, as we all are, uh, and they're, like, you know, uh, in a weird place where they are both individuals and public figures, and they screw up sometimes in terms of uh, their positions on groups or ideologies, uh, but that's also just a thing that is normal and happens in society, and they seem to be genuinely trying to do the best that they can until they know better, and then they seem to try to do better. So, um, yeah, I, I also, like, like their products or don't, it's fine. 
I also think they get chewed up in the machine a little bit of like, and maybe maybe I'm off base on this because there are certainly people that I do agree like fall into this camp. In the past, we have uncovered that some musicians, actors, such and such were like being paid by the government just to be like campy and like hokey in order to like dis like control dissent to like make people like them and to make everyone just kind of like, oh, I guess everything's fine. Um, and there has been like a wave of people who are like, yep, yeah, that's Lin-Manuel Miranda is definitely one of those people. John Krasinski. I don't know if you're familiar with him. He did the he, he's Jim from the I office. I hate him. Yeah, he's, I don't, he's, I don't he's, like him either. He's I, terrible. And he did that like before, at the beginning of the pandemic, he did that like uh, good news, like some good news thing yeah. where he just like was like, everything's actually pretty good right now. Let's all like. And that is like, yes, that is a person who is like actively trying to like squash dissent. Um, I, and I th I've heard like the McElroy's brought up in that vine in that sentence. And I don't really think that is valid and carries much weight because like their content is kind of like doofy and just kind of like a little bit more upbeat but in a way that they like you said evan acknowledge and try and do their best for marginalized groups not just papering over you know not that they're like sitting here like talking about every atrocity that's ever befallen a marginalized group but they're not you know just like uh making it seem like the the plight of of the white dude that they are is the worst thing that could happen and you know it's actually going pretty good for us here um that that may be a very straw man that i saw in one like twitter feed a while ago that has made me think a lot and consider a lot um but you know their friendship with lynn and every, all of that uh they do run in a very like centrist aff circle um, but I, I don't think that they are the, the villains of that, that people pin on them. Yeah. It's okay not to tackle heavy subjects all the time. Uh, like there's a difference between deliberately distracting from the ills of the world and just, you know, not engaging with, uh, like serious topics. Like th there's, um, it's okay to to just do silly things and be funny. And like I think that's generally speaking their brand. And that's fine. Like not every media creator has to be uh like engaging with the heaviest topics facing our society all the time. Right. That's, I, it's fine. I will say too that while their their products and the ones that I like engage with might not touch on heavy stuff. I feel like I have seen the brothers speak up on like serious shit. Like yeah. Justin is constantly just like tweeting at West Virginian politicians yeah, and ripping also, them to shreds and shit. And so is Sydney. And like, I, yeah, that's another thing I was going to point out when the bit, the bit, if you will permit me to return to the bit, my favorite McElroy product is Sawbones and uh, that is much more of a uh, avenue through which Justin and Sydney kind of address some serious shit that is going on. Yeah. In an area where, like, Sydney has expertise on that and can speak to it as an expert. And Justin is still there just kind of, like, doing jokes. But he's, like, you know, giving Sydney jumping off points and, like, giving her a platform to talk about, like, medical misinformation and uh like historic abuses that have been carried out by medical establishments and stuff like that so that is actually like it's a it's a fun entertainment podcast but because sydney is educated on those sorts of topics she can dive a little bit deeper into uh like medical history and the reality of uh our broken flawed medical uh insurance system and stuff like that uh, so I, I would argue that the brothers, the McElroys, are not deliberately avoiding or deliberately uh, distracting from the ills of the world. I, I would argue that 
by and large, they're kind of staying in their lane. Yeah, it's it's like, I don't know. I mean, they, these these they all started doing this thing in like 2009, 2010. And so it's like I think about the creators that were like doing stuff on YouTube. And, and I mean, there weren't really many others doing it in the podcast space at the time. Um, but like I look back at most of them and it's like, ooh, like they became they either stayed quiet and kind of went into irrelevance or they like showed their politics. And it's like, ooh, you're problematic as fuck. Um the McElroys like are not a part of this like new round of content creators where it's like all about the heavy stuff all the time, which is again, there's no problem with that. That is if that's the lane that you have chosen to, to drive in. Um, but they also are not a part of their, their cohort of their, um, you know, their, their content class of Oh nine or whatever, where, yeah, they did not go down the Tabuscus route. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, even, like, uh, there's been stuff with, like, Jenna Marbles and, like, a, a bunch of those, like, content creators where they just, like, they just get it wrong and they don't quite know how to get it back right. And, um, I don't know, the McElroys almost right away in, like, the early days of the podcast really um, made an effort and and, like you know are very honest of like hey don't listen to the first 700 episodes of the podcast like it's not good and we weren't good but we're better now hopefully um i don't know there's just a genuineness and a sincerity and an honesty that like yes they are not perfect and yes they fuck up a good amount um in in small ways here and there and in big ways other places um but i don't know i i what you said Makes sense, Evan, about like the earnestness to try and the and the and the desire to do better. That being said, my favorite McElroy product is uh, a little show called Things I Bought at Sheets. Oh <laughs> hell yeah, <laughs> hell yeah! It's a good one. It's why it's Dwight. why is it's, that your favorite? Uh it's just so like like you could not like even even. Mabim Bam will sometimes touch on heavier stuff very rarely, but they do. Um, the Adventure Zone, like some of those stories are like very dramatic and like touch on some really traumatic storytelling elements that are like have helped a lot of people through, including me, through different elements of, of life. Um, things I bought at Cheats is just like it, it, it is the ultimate of just like, yeah, this one's not that like this one is like you could not get any more microscopic of what matters in the world than two people shopping at one particular sheets restaurant in West Virginia um and just like sharing with each other to get each other's opinions um it's just it's it's good it's genuine it's a little bit silly and improv and off the wall um and it's very just like West Virginian. It's very like, here's a tiny pecan pie and we're going to eat it right for you. And it's just it's it's, you know, it's not something that's going to sustain you through the day. But it's every now and then if I need a chuckle, I'll log in and then check out. Uh, now it's time for things I bought at Cheats. It's, it's it's just good. And, and, and it's, you know. Like candy. Yeah. It's not good for me, I don't think. Content-wise, I don't think it's good for me, but mm, mm, in you moderation. Can little, you can have a little candy for your brain as a treat. All, thing, all things in moderation, you know. Ronnie's anxiety can have a little candy as a treat. <gasps> Ooh, thank you. My anxiety said... Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> Andy, what's your favorite McElroy product? Griffin's Amiibo. Just kidding. Oh, <laughs> that actually, <laughs> honestly... <laughs> hang on. Let me think. <laughs> Griffin's Amiibo Griffin's Corner Amiibo is Corner. like the things I bought at Sheets of the Griffin arm of, yeah. of Mabim Bam. Um, so probably my favorite thing recently, and like this is probably pretty old now, uh, is uh, World of Peacecraft. Mm. Super funny. Cracks me up every time. I really like that Griffin McElroy character. 
It's very good. Yeah. But um, I think I still need to say my brother, my brother and me. Sure. Like when when I came out and uh, I I got a new job and I was commuting really far and like I was pretty miserable and like things were shitty. I made a Facebook status asking for podcast recommendations and uh, Micah, good old M. Murd, who sometimes writes into this show, was like, check out my brother, my brother and me. I think you'll dig it. And uh, like I started listening consistently mm-hmm. and I would listen to it on my commute. I would listen to it all day at my shitty job. And then I would listen to it on my long commute home and then I'd get in bed and like probably cry because things were real dark and bad. But then I would like listen to more of my brother, my brother and me. And uh, yeah, it was really fucking funny. And it was like what I needed at that time. And I don't really listen anymore. Whoops. Uh, <laughs> like it just got away from me. And, you know, weekly shows are impossible to keep up with now uh some five years later but uh yeah love that show it got me into like the idea of podcasting like that was the first podcast that like i started listening to regularly so like definitely has a has a soft spot uh in my in my heart it's a good show it's a good show it is a good and it's endlessly listenable like yeah if again, if you avoid like the first hundred, maybe hundred of the episodes, um, I still like think you, there's some gems there. Like there I know the brothers say, don't yeah. listen to it anymore. Like maybe you can just find a YouTube channel that has like the best bits from it. Yeah, but there are yeah. very few podcasts where like you could spin a wheel and land on a random episode and it starts playing, and I'd be like, oh hell yeah, I, I love this one. This is a good one. And Mabim Bam is definitely one of those where like. There are so many I don't this uh, there's this is definitely not true. I'm definitely like putting this up on a pedestal, but I feel like there is almost like a classic bit per episode. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. that there's um, every episode. There's at least one thing where it's like this is going to be an animatic on YouTube and I'm going to listen to this episode again just so I can hear this like two minute bit. How's Tristan the Marine doing? Has anyone looked in on that guy? No, I don't know. Yeah, I hope he's cool. I hope he's doing fine. That was like a uh, a, a regular character who used to just write into the show during the first like 20 episodes. Very long time ago. Yeah, long time ago. We were in that war for a long time. We were. Uh, anywho, yeah, these these brothers, they I guess we should explain who the McElroys are. The McElroys are three yeah. brothers from uh, Huntington, West Virginia. Their dad is in radio, and so they were kind of exposed to this media form from a pretty young age. And they got into the podcasting game very early in the podcasting era. So they have an advice show called My Brother, My Brother, and Me, uh, where they take questions from their listeners and in the early days they relied much more heavily on yahoo answers but they take questions and they respond to them with not deliberately bad advice but comedic advice like some of their advice is actually like fine and normal like they don't they don't deliberately like tell you the wrong and shittiest thing to do which i think is where a lot of the charm comes from they 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 give sort of like silly answers, but fairly sincere answers like, oh, um, you embarrassed yourself. Move away. Move to a different town. I, I will say that legitimately I did pack my bags and moved away. Yeah. And it was that. it was phenomenal. It did work out for me very yeah. well. Yeah. We we uh, joked about this bit a lot. This McElroy bit. I, I don't even know what the question was, but. Somebody sent them a question like, I'm in a I'm in a weird situation. What do I do? And they were like, move away, leave your town, pack your bags and move. Just go. Nothing's stopping you. You can leave right now. Um, So we joked about that a lot when Andy uh, moved in with me 
for the first time. But uh, yeah, so they they give um, silly, not completely serious advice, but advice that is not mean, you know. Mm-hmm. They and they've all got kind of like a specific comedic style, I will yeah. say. So. And they- they they give advice kind of from the standpoint of like people who really understand what it's like to be awkward nerdy people whose first instinct is to write into a podcast when they have a problem that needs solving. Um, it it just they really understand the human condition and anxiety and approach it from that standpoint. Yeah, all of them have some like I don't want to say mental health issues, but all of them like have uh certain I don't know, level certainly, of awkwardness certainly some that. of yes they all have certain uh, like some level of awkwardness i think at the very least definitely uh justin and griffin have some like anxiety issues i know confidently that justin has an anxiety disorder because he talks about it candidly on sawbones but anyway so they're all like they always approach these questions with like you know uh, a kind of friendliness that other comparable media at the time was not doing. Like most people were doing like rude, mean caricatures or trying to be a hundred percent serious and earnest. And they fell somewhere in the middle. So they became very popular as podcast creators and this show that we are now watching. Well, is- oh. just before we, before we get to their TV show, we should mention that they are podcast moguls. And each brother has a spinoff podcast with their spouses. And then uh, some of the spouses got, have spinoff podcasts. And then they have a spinoff podcast with their dad called The Adventure Zone, where they play role-playing games. Uh, the first arc called Balance is uh, phenomenal. And then they have done kind of different things since then. I don't think they've ever recaptured the lightning in a bottle that was balanced, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's all good shit. Um, Griffin has uh, wonderful uh, uh, with his wife Teresa, Rachel, Rachel. Rachel. Travis uh, has Schmanners with Teresa. Yes, that's correct. And uh, Justin has Sawbones uh, with Sydney. So anyway, the the show that we have watched for this series of episodes of Endy Pendy uh, is a show produced by CISO, which was a short-lived streaming platform that is functionally the same format as their original podcast, where people write in asking for advice and then they give advice. But the thing about the show is they sort of like do experiments. They like demonstrate, they do research and various activities to try to validate their advice and they film it. Uh, so we watched the first two episodes. First one's called dorms and ghoul smashing. Uh, so the viewer says that they're going to college and their roommate has a bunch of haunted dolls or like haunted objects that the roommate is going to bring to their dorm room. And the, the advice seeker is like, how do I deal with this? What, what, what do I do about the fact that my roommate is bringing a bunch of haunted dolls uh, to our dorm? And so they go to the local uh, college. They get access to an empty dorm. They fill it with haunted shit and they have some, well, it's not like, they go to a, a antique shop, they buy some shit that they feel surely must be haunted, and then they also buy a weird-looking clown doll on eBay that the seller claims is haunted, and they have some paranormal investigators uh, examine the room with them. Uh, there, there's also, like, like a three-minute segment where they call the Property Brothers and and ask what to do about a haunted dorm room. Um, episode two is called Resumes and Jamiroquois Dad. I don't know who Jamiroquois is, but um, anyway, 
somebody writes in saying that uh, they need help getting a job and they want to know how to pad out their resume. And so uh, the, the, Mac the brothers McElroy reminisce on jobs they have had and lost. And um, they, all of them interview for a position that uh, Griffin used to have with Justin's now father-in-law, Tommy Smurl. And uh, the idea is that they're going to each try to do their resumes as optimally as possible. Uh, so one of them will get this job that Griffin used to have. Uh, so they go to a bunch of like businesses around Huntington and work there for like five minutes to put those things on their resume. And then they all come up with inventive ways to um, present their resumes and then, um, oh, this is, this is the episode with the famous safety town bit, which we will talk about. But they, so good. They, they, will, they go to the police station and say, hey, can we be cops so that we can put that on our resume? And they were like, we can't make you actual cops, but um, you can be in charge of safety town for the afternoon. And uh, this resulted in a... Um, such uh, a, a good famous bit. a famous bit that has been widely memed uh but yeah so they none of them get the job obviously um because this is a comedy show yeah uh, that was the whole two episodes that was the whole two episodes that was the whole two episodes and we watched them and you know i gotta ask it uh hey andy hey ronnie uh these two episodes of CISO's my brother my brother and me did they work for you? God, they sure did. They did. It felt really good to watch this show. I hey. Like that. Yeah. Hey, Evan. Show. Yes, Ronnie. Uh, these two episodes of CISO's My Brother, My Brother, and Me, did they work for you? Yeah. It's a fun show. Junk food for your brain TV show. Fun times. Fun, lighthearted times. Loved it. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, hey, yeah. Did. These. Three. Two. Shit. Two. <laughs> episodes. Of. My. Friends. Brothers. <laughs> Who. Are we positing that the McElroys are your friends now? I don't know. We've lost no, the plot. We specifically they said are they not are our not friends. our friends. They are content creators whom we enjoy and we like. That was the Freudian slip we, about your parasocial relationship with the McElroys. Well, I I didn't think you were going to say brothers next. I was going to say my friends, and then I thought you were going to say, like, Oh, it's these favorite, three episodes of My Brother, My Brother, and Me. Well, yeah, I, did, I, did, I, was trying to, I was trying to get more lost in the I, weeds, but oh, then you took a, yeah, a, oh. another left, and then we took another left, and then now we're here. This is a bad bit. Ronnie, this is a terrible these, bit. these they, two episodes work for you? They, they did. They did work for me. Um, Specifically, I think episode two is the best episode mm. of the series. So, like, yeah, they they worked. Yeah, yeah. Um, that or that or the the spiders. You think the spiders really? Just the hit. The hit is so good. The see, the the hit. I am Griffin in that situation where I'm like, oh, the hit honestly makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> I don't like the space we've created. But, uh, yeah, I think you're probably right. You're probably yeah. right. Episode two is probably the best episode of the mm -hmm. show. Uh, well, I, I did. I did like episode. Oh, anyway, we haven't. We will do. We'll talk about the other episodes when it's time to talk about the other episodes. Anyway, yeah. um, let, let's start in episode one. What worked for us? This is uh, ghoul smashers. Ghoul smashing. It's essentially they tried to make a whole episode out of Haunted Doll Watch, which is a yeah. bit that Justin has on the podcast. And uh, yeah, like I would say probably the, the thing that worked the best with that was the getting of the doll and how uncomfortable mm -hmm. immediately like Travis and Griffin were with it. Right. 
<laughs> yeah, it did. It did feel a little thin plot wise. Yeah. Um, but the the thing where they went to the antique store was mm. funny, and the the, the, haunt, the haunted doll itself was pretty funny. Yeah, the thing the thing that Griffin was doing. So they go to an antique store, and uh, they're they're cruising for haunted objects, objects that look haunted. And uh, Griffin finds this little like stool. It's like a little wooden stool for children, painted to look like a turtle. And there's a sign on it that says the turtle is not for sale. And Griffin makes increasingly ludicrous offers to buy the turtle and the the antique store lady clearly doesn't quite know what's going on um and she like turns him down and he's like can i come once a week and visit him and the lady's like okay like and the lady's kind of indifference to what was going on was funny uh they also visited the mayor in i think both of these episodes um, yes, but the the permit to smash ghouls was very funny. I thought. Um, yeah. What about you, Ronnie? I love Justin McElroy. Um, every joke that he makes is great and is a joke that I would also make. Um, he, there's one point where they find a doll at the thrift shop the secondhand shop um and it's uh like a, a, in like a jester's it is very almost akin to the clown doll that they find uh, it's got like like very you know jestery looking clothes on and justin's like oh shit he's like well see that's like definitely haunted but i'm not getting a ladder i'm not gonna <laughs> go up there and it's just a very dad very old grumpy dad thing to do and i was like yeah man there's probably some ghosties down here low <laughs> not too low i don't want to strain my back but uh just very good very I, I, I mean marvin marvin the the uh clown ghost you can tell you could tell in these in these episodes where the mcelroys are really in their element um it is not necessarily in like cold open jokes in front of a camera uh it is definitely in reacting to weird ridiculous gross shit that their brothers are doing in front of them like pulling out a big haunted clown doll ronnie and also the cinematography on the unboxing of marvin the clown was very good we love you the fact that we Am I still here? Yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry. You, we lost you. We lost need- you after uh, cold open jokes in front of a camera, and then you were yes. gone for a bit. Cold open jokes in front of a camera are not their strong suit, uh, but reacting to their brothers doing uh, weird, uh, doofy, gross shit is definitely in their wheelhouse. Um, the- you go, Ronnie. Um. Trying to the the like the the Marvin the Clown was just like you said was very good and the mm-hmm. cinematography on the unboxing of Marvin of like Justin like putting on gloves and opening the box <laughs> and like close your eyes close your eyes and the cameras like focusing on Justin and Griffin and like seeing their reactions before we even see the clown uh, it was just very good very good very that- if not cinematographically perfect. Definitely, like, very much understanding of the comedy that these boys are exuding. The sincerity of everyone involved in the show with, yeah. like, going with the bits is really important. Like, the the ghost smashers they get, and, like, they're just going, like, they, they know this is bananas, but they're just, like, giving it their all and going for it. Mm-hmm. And then, like, when they tie Justin up to, like, have him put the doll in and then they pull him out via the rope and the ghost smashers open their eyes <laughs> and the one dude is just like genuinely upset. It's very good. It's very mm-hmm. funny. I, I just remembered that they animated Justin telling the story that came with the, the um, clown doll also. Mm-hmm. That was very good. Justin yeah. dramatically reading 
the story from the eBay seller that was included with the... It was an absurd... It was just a... It was the stupidest story you can imagine. It was a creepypasta written by a 13-year-old. Um, but, like, the Justin's delivery and also the animation that they did to tell the story of this robber clown whose soul got trapped in a haunted clown doll. Very good. One of the things, to, to hop back to what you were saying, Andy, they do incorporate, like, citizens of Huntington in this mm -hmm. In a way that could be kind of like, and I, and I like say this lightly because I don't really love the idea of cringe, but could be cringe, could be very like, not even cringe, could be just like they're goofing at the expense of these people. Um, but much is to the, you know, the charm of the McElroys. The McElroys don't have the power in any situation they enter at all. They immediately like become putty in the hands of whoever they're working with. So these people who are like, hey, do you want to be on camera? Like you're just a random person are immediately like in control. And the McElroys are just kind of like, uh, what do I do? I don't I don't know what to do. Um, it That's could be a very, very good point, Ronnie. I, it could be a very impractical jokers kind of like, Haha, look how funny it is. It's only funny because the people are like uncomfortable that they're working with. And that's not really great. But that doesn't ever come across here. Yeah, and it could have gone the other way to like being cheesy. Yeah. But it never it never ever does. Um yeah. I think that's a good segue into episode two, though. Because yeah. episode two, like you said at the top, Ronnie, is probably the best episode of this show. Yeah. And it's it's so fucking funny. Uh, from start good. to finish, it's so fucking funny. Yeah. The con the concept right off the bat lent itself well to a lot of yeah. shenanigans because they're they were like, okay, we're gonna try to get as many jobs as we possibly can over the course of this episode. And they just went around their hometown, like bothering people to like let them do tasks so that they can claim on and so they went to the mayor and they had this thing written up. It's like make us mayor for the day. And the mayor was like, no. And they were like, okay, we're going to amend it. Make us mayor for just like a minute. <laughs> so that was a very funny interaction. The, um, just the sort of dismay of the like random business owners around Huntington. Now, granted the, the, the boys were not, uh, like, causing chaos on purpose they weren't like trying to like break these business owners shit or like drive away customers or anything that would have been mean-spirited they were just kind of like bringing some chaotic energy and like not doing a particularly good job at the tasks they were assigned so um they worked at like a little boutique that like makes bows for children and animals which i'm amazed that that's a sustainable business but okay um and then they like worked at a uh a tex-mex restaurant uh and then they cupcake place yeah yeah one of one they were working separate separate jobs here but um yeah the the uh the absolute best scenario though was was safety town uh, so we got to talk about Safety Town now. Safety Town is a small, like, area out back, what I presume is out back of the police station, where they have these little, like, battery-powered cars so that young teens can learn, like, road safety and stuff mm, like that? No. It is for small children to learn how to cross the street. Are and, you sure? Yeah, it is. it is for elementary school kids to learn like safety about like walking the streets and to learn to look both ways and to like, I guess, learn about their hometown is too. like those cars are too small for teenagers to drive in. They had learn, these, like road safety. They had these around where, where Andy and I uh, like, like uh, Mason's mill park. I don't know if you ever went there, Andy down in Huntington Valley. They had a little safety town. Warminster park had a safety town. Um, this is not, not a with, thing. Not with fully tricked out go karts, uh, mind you. But 
This is not a thing I had ever heard of before this. So I assumed this was some kind of weird, quirky thing that mm. only Huntington had. No, no, they're, I don't think most of them are in use anymore. I've seen a lot of them become like dog parks now, mm. but it makes uh, sense. Kind of like a bougie dog park. It, it, it's a it's a fairly wild concept. Well, yeah, I mean, it makes more. It makes so the reason I assumed it was for driving safety is because one, they have. I mean, they're not real cars; they're like battery powered cars. But it makes like road safety, like driving safety, is more complex and more dangerous to learn than how to cross the street. So I assumed well, this was like a driver safety course you, that you took. You teach teens how to do that with real fucking cars, though. Yeah, so but the, I think the biggest issue with Safety Town now is that like no one lets their children out alone anymore. But when kids were allowed to like walk around unsupervised and like walk to their friend's house and shit before the '90s happened and everyone got freaked out because of unsolved mysteries, <laughs> um, you would just let your kids like walk the fuck around town alone. And so Safety Town makes sense to like teach kids. I'm like, coming around though. I think this, this, this thing was huge. I feel like there was some maybe some uh, larger application of this. Yeah. Why? Why did they have like five operational cars then? Fun. That mm, that being said, Griffin did get stuck in one, and I can't imagine Griffin is much larger than an average teenager. Point Andy. Point in Andy's column. Anywho, point is, it's it, a- it becomes unhinged. It just goes buck wild. I decided to divide Safety Town into thirds. Uh, Justin quite brilliantly annexes the only spot with a bathroom, and Griffin very smartly annexes all of the cars. Travis gets the worst part of Safety Town, but he brings in some hooligans painted up like fucking Highlanders and Braveheart. And like it just keeps escalating and escalating. And whoever did the editing job on this, Chef's Kiss, it's yeah. perfectly edited as like the unhinged factor begins to grow and grow and grow. And like it's it's getting more feral, and then it cuts to them getting in trouble and like shut down yeah they get kicked out of safety and and they have to leave and their apology is great and it's it's a very good bit yeah so it becomes it becomes a turf war basically the the brothers each so like justin brings his wife and child and like several of his friends and his wife like his child his mother-in-law his dad his father-in-law's brother-in-law and his friend Jason Elders from college who said that it, whichever one got on TV first, they'd bring the other one with them. And this goofy Jason Elders is very just like dancing in the background. of just like, hey, look, I'm on TV. And Justin has to be like, could you just could you just chill? Can you knock it off? Which like a very I'm very here for Jason Elders. There yeah. are people in this show that are like, you know, adjacent to the McElroys who like kind of are, are hamming it up like in an in a like oh look i'm on camera kind of way this guy was a very genuine guy from your hometown who's just like hey yeah it's me look at me um wasn't trying to be like an actor was just like very excited to be there i love that i was happy about that uh yeah so they they have like a they descend into mad max style turf wars with their little battery powered cars and they start uh uh stealing each other's shit and everything and griffin then, has a riot baton <laughs> griffin has like a riot police baton it's, it's, it's just like a like a nightstick yeah like, but yeah he they starts, are like, wait, he is using he's using it as a pointer to like map out the model of of safety town and they are like hey be, be careful with that like i don't think you understand what you're holding um yeah so they get kicked out of safety town uh, it's very good. There's a lot of extremely good. quotable bits in there. Like I said, it's been extensively memed. It's a very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Philadelphia, New Duckburg. It's very good. Yeah. They also, uh, as part of this, come up with inventive ways to display their resumes. Um, oh, for the actual job interview. Yeah, yeah. for the actual yeah. job interview. This this so, is my this is my favorite. I like uh, this the most. <laughs> 
So uh, let Ronnie tell okay. it if it's his go ahead, favorite. Go ahead, Ronnie. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, little intro act. Travis just prints out their resumes and sticks it on his chest. Uh-huh, that's kind of cute. Then yeah. Justin uh, unrolls a giant scroll of of a resume with uh, worked at Blockbuster, uh, worked at Blockbuster a second time. Um, oh, because he stole the copy of Fight Club. <laughs> because he stole a copy of Fight Club, which like I've heard is actually he stole a copy of Dreamgirls. I don't know. That, that story is much thrown around. Um, uh, th- th- he just like writes wild stuff on there, um, and and like a coupon for Sam Goody, uh, music stores, uh, and it's it's just very good. And then Griffin, Griffin has the light up signboard, um, which is like the most memeable thing the McElroys have like ever done ever. People still cosplay it at conventions. Yes, it's that yes. Good. The the Young, resume is on full a, of, you know, <laughs> you know, wink, um, six foot vertical leap. And Jim Griffin <laughs> is just staring into the kit. It's the best when like Griffin gets to make the jokes, but he doesn't have to tell the jokes. He could just react to his own joke, which I connect to in a very big way. Um. As as his brothers read his resume coming across, oh shit! This thing has different colors. <laughs> um, it's very very good. Um, and then they get dressed in in business attire. Griffin doesn't have any, so he's in a like a gold blazer and a top hat. Which is when they say, "You look like Jameric Boy's dad." Um, oh, th- th- this is also a very funny bit because they're. Um... There's there's a bit where they're just like riffing on Griffin's outfit. It's like you look like a carpet fucked a nerd. <laughs> like they're just they're just like saying bits about Griffin's silly outfit that he had and, to wear. And they say, I like how the carpet took initiative there. The carpet was the one who set out to to fuck that nerd. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, it's very good. He he just he's he's spinning around when they first put him in. He's like, yeah, look at me. I'm a rotisserie shithead. Um, it's, it's, those, of- it's those moments where it's like the genuine like reaction of these brothers to what their brothers have done. That is like Mwah. very good. The the interviews themselves are great. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Tommy Schmerl is good. Like yeah. he 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 nails it. Uh, bringing in Griffin's old supervisor that he, that he called in sick for to go to Bonnaroo after asking for paid time off to go to Bonnaroo. <laughs> Classic. Uh, I love the very end of the episode, though, uh, talking about genuine bits where they're like being like, well, you wrote a bit for this TV show so you can put a <laughs> writer on your resume. And the producer is like, nope, nope, no, you can't. Uh well, what have you uh, executive producer? Nope, nope. Uh, co editor? Nope. Uh, yeah. So it's that that is it, it. It's from golden bit to golden bit. Yeah. Uh, with a nice uh highlight of safety town, and then some some more good bits afterwards. It this is very. A- it is like the whole not not to like put a. If we have more to talk about, I can I can go in a little bit, but like. Um, the, like, the entire, the entirety of this show is like, what if you and your friends made a television show with the very, very limited knowledge you have about what it's like to make a television show? And mm-hmm. they did that. They Like, there's so much where it's like, we could, we could do this. The producers are a thing on a show. He could be a producer. No, no, maybe something. And just like it. Everything is very, you know, they. It's it's very good. I I think we need to talk about Clint because Clint is kind of the the glue that I think holds this show together. They regularly have check ins with Daddy, yeah, and they talk to Clint, and uh, Clint is very charming and very funny. And the the moment where when they're running out of the mayor's office, cackling. 
because uh, they didn't actually sign the town back over and they're still officially the mayor. And the mayor of Huntington like breaks character and kind of like laughs despite himself and says they are their father's sons. And it's just like, it's really sweet and it's, it's very cute. And I'm glad they caught that on camera. Uh, it doesn't feel like it was scripted at all. It doesn't feel like the mayor is a particularly good actor or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think Clint is great in this. Um, I definitely like there. There are some reactions that Clint has that are like stellar. When when Griffin walks into the into the radio booth before the interviews, and he's like, "Hey, do you remember when I got that job and Tommy Smurl uh fired me for basically no reason at all and without even dropping a beat?" Clint's just like, "Yeah, yeah, I remember." <laughs> um, not not like a, a a gag, just like yeah, yeah. That's a that's a part of our history. Um, it's very good. Very good. Justin not being able to do a fucking song intro is hilarious. <laughs> the man, yeah. the man has been podcasting for ten goddamn years, and he can't get a fucking song intro. It's great. That is yeah. one of those moments where I was like, "This could be like this is this is possibly just Justin doing a bit, but also knowing Justin, it's." That that is he can't he can't even speak when the words are in front of him. Uh, so it's like just being told to him. That's got to got to be right off the dome. I bought it. I mean, whether yeah. it was real or not, I thought yeah. it was well, funny. That, that's the thing. And I think and like this may stray into like a negative and not really like and, and, and a little bit of a controversial one now. Um, I, I don't don't necessarily love Clint. I don't think. Um, oh, really? Clint, Clint is very hammy and like and, and maybe I have to give him a little bit of like a pass because it is like a dad humor kind of thing. Um, but that being said, I think what you just said, Evan, is like sums it up for me. I'm just like, even if this is a bit and even if because that, that everything that Clint says is a bit Clint, Clint is like kind of like palling around and joking and hamming it up a little bit. Um and but it's still it's still fine. Like it's it, 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 it's it's I, I buy it like I still take it. It's still OK, but I don't I think that among like the very, very good improvisational comedy that the McElroys are bringing, Clint, Clint's just got to step it up a little bit, you know, he's, he's I, a little bit more. Yes. And. I will say the. Back to the controversies with the McElroys, I think a lot of the issues that people have concerning parasocial relationships are not knowing what is a bit and what isn't. Sure. You know, they don't know what is scripted when it comes to the McElroys and what isn't. They don't know what's real and what isn't. And I think just kind of like, it doesn't matter what is or is it a bit for me with this show. It all works as a show. And like at the end of the day, it is a product. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not actually friends with these people. If this is what their real brotherly relationship is like when the camera isn't on, like I don't care, you know, like that's not the point of this product. And it made me laugh a whole lot. So mm-hmm. yeah, like it works for me. Yeah, I guess my like, my critique there boils down to Clint's a little dorky, which if that's my problem with the McElroy family, I should probably just like bow out now. Uh, I, I, I do not find Clint to be a problem in other things. There were just some jokes here. I was yeah. like, that was super dorky. But like, wh- what am I doing here? What, el- what else a, is Clint here for? He's got hero clicks all over his desk, Ronnie. Yeah. Yeah. I fucking love hero clicks. I would kick Clint McElroy's ass at hero clicks. I have not played in a long time. You still got it. I probably do. Anything else that did and or didn't work? Um. I don't know if anything didn't work. Yeah, like I said, I thought the uh, the concept was a little bit thin for Mm -hmm. episode one. I thought they they had to kind of work hard to stretch out like 
haunted objects in a dorm room into an entire episode. But uh, I thought episode two was very content dense, so pretty much made up for it. And yeah, that, that's the only thing that really like stuck out to me as a meh. Yeah. Um, I love that they're 22 minute episodes. It's very good. Oh, love it. And and can I tell you, I mean, we're talking about with them being thin versus dense. Even when they're dense, not a whole lot of meat on this bone. Not a whole lot of rewinding you got to go through to make yeah. sure that you've got all the bits that you were supposed to get. It's Notes. For fun. Just Notes for fun. were not super deep for this mm-hmm. one. If, uh, if you need a pick-me-up, like, if you're like, man, 2020 into 2022, shit's rough out there. If if you need just a good fun time, 10 bucks on Amazon Prime, give Bezos some money for another rocket, and you can watch all six episodes in uh, three hours? I'll do, I'll do you one better. Uh, I didn't realize this before y'all purchased it, but it is still free on ver- VRV.co. God damn um, it. Yeah. Sorry. Ver- Sorry, y'all. It's all good. Our internet was has been dysfunctional for like a long time. So when I saw that it was on Amazon, I did not look further. Maybe I can yeah. get my money back. Maybe I can claim I bought it by mistake or something. <laughs> After we watched two episodes. Yeah. Give, give me my money back, Jeff. I just realized I hate this. Taking Jeff. money out of uh, Charlie McElroy's mouth. Look, occasionally, occasionally I return stuff on Amazon and they're like, don't send it back. They just give me my money back. And I'm like, "Okay, (laughs) okay, sure. So I think it's can you can you let us know what other uh, Internet fraud you've done uh, recently besides just stealing money from Amazon? First of all, products, first of all, uh, stealing money from Jeff Bezos is good for society. Uh, this is an objective truth. Jeff Bezos deserves less money. Second of all, I didn't do any fraud. I just said, hey, I want to return this because this is not a thing that I want or need. And they were like, um, actually, it's not worth our time or money to ship it back and restock it. So just keep it. Here's your money back. The FBI has been listening to this show for 147 episodes right now. (laughs) Just, just to get Evan on this. So glad. Cannot stress this enough. Uh, Amazon is a garbage company and also uh, take take their stuff. Just just cheat Amazon. Yeah, to, to quote Griffin, you can just take things. Yeah. You, what are they going to do? They're not you your dad. You can just take things from Amazon. Yeah. Just, it's a great McElroy bit. Mm-hmm. You can just steal shit. There was also that very good bit I just thought of as I was pretending to like uh, Sting Evan that Griffin when when they were telling the story of Clint selling all of his roommate shit after he didn't come back to school and they were like did you kill him did you kill him and that's where it was like Clint was kind of like dropped the ball on the comedy angle but then Griffin saved it by being like this is all a sting I'm wearing a wire and pulls up his shirt to show off his mic lit cord yeah it was very good it is very good um, they're, they're good boys. They're good, they are boys. good boys. They're trying, they're trying hard. Um, they're, they're making funny products like this show, which is it, funny and not serious and is good for your, uh, your tired brain sometimes. If they're not for you, that's reasonable. Um, yeah. and that's fine. They are clearly for us. I'm not like, like if you want to hop in my menchies and be like, actually, they're terrible. That's fine. They maybe, maybe. Maybe to you they are. Maybe you found stuff where they are. But for me and my money, McElroy's are okay it's for the like time being. Rob- I can't believe yeah. you just said Menchies, even though you made fun of me for saying Sochmeads. Yeah, but it's- but I, but I'm a total tool when it comes to <laughs> comes to being. I am very online, Evan. It was just out of character for you. Sochmeads. Uh, you can like something without making it like a moral point in your favor and you can dislike something without having to make it immoral and also kill your heroes like yeah 
like like nobody should like be that kind of a person for you in your life like look up to the people who you feel like you can look up to for the specific things that they are but like fucking take all the pedestals that you have in your life and throw them in the garbage because nobody is worthy of that just honor yourself by honoring you you know what i mean god and sit upon his throne take a fucking sleeping bag to the to the golden corral and don't leave till they kick you out (laughs) i was just continuing it's very good All right. Well, this was a fun one. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited to watch the next two episodes. I know. Uh, I d- it, for- was, it was kind of like it started up and I was like, I just, I just want to watch through the, the Bim Bam show. I will say, like, usually we are new to shows. This is a show that I've watched several times. Oh, yeah. Uh, before now. Several, several times. Um, so, like, the Prob- fact that I had to stop watching was just like, hmm, why? Why am I doing this? Probably my most quoted McElroy bit is Justin McElroy going, hey, actually, fuck, fuck that. this. <laughs> like, so good. I do so look for good. that gif all the time. Yeah, on Twitter. it's so good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, if you want to uh, find all of our extremely memeable content, uh, you can head over to Twitter.com and follow us at PendingPod, or you can... Uh, follow us on Instagram at ending pending. I'm still trying to decide off whether I'm doing Instagram again or not. Um, follow us anyway. Encourage me to do more Instagram by following me anyway. Um, and and check out where they That's our network home where they You can find links to force friends. Rewatch. You can find friends to fan fiction is good. Actually. Um, and you can find links to our merch store, our Patreon, and give us some money. Um, if we get 10 new patrons of any dollar amount, 10 new patrons, I'm going to drive to Huntington, West Virginia and run around to as many film locations as I can from this show. Oh, so we got three, three, three weeks. Yeah. Three weeks, 10 new patrons, any dollar amount. I'm just going to drive to Huntington, West Virginia, and uh, I'll like try and buy that turtle or I'll take pictures in Safety Town and send it to the Patreon. That has to be the weirdest thing for like the patrons of Huntington, West Virginia, is that like these people that they know of, but like kind of don't really understand, have like created this economy in their town of just like. Whoa, this is where it all happened. Huntington's like four hours from us. So. Oh, shit. Maybe yeah. like 20 patrons. <laughs> no, no. That is a lot, I'll keep it to 10. I'll keep it to 10. 10 I patrons do. in three weeks. If you've been sitting on the fence and you want to see me go to Huntington, West Virginia and uh, eat uh, at, at the Tex-Mex place that uh the McElroy's worked at for a day uh and uh try and buy that turtle uh if you've been on the fence maybe this will push you over i always do want to like be like oh like i'm driving to virginia i'm driving to maryland to see my friends maybe i'll stop through huntington i forget huntington is like could west, not be west virginia yeah it's, yeah it's so far away very west very west i yeah am. it is in like southwestern West Virginia, and we're in like north central Maryland, so it's very far away. It's very far away. It'll be worth it for 10 new patrons. Yeah, it will. We do it for you. If you motherfuckers oh, gosh. fucking subscribe to our Patreon, no, and then just immediately back out just to make me drive eight goddamn hours there and back, I'm gonna be pissed. It is if, so far away. I will never ever judge anyone for having to back out for for whatever reason but if you people do it just to get me to drive eight hours i'll be i'll be very cross with you i always forget how big west virginia is i think it's It's one of those many little stupid states like maryland oh whoa 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 whoa. we got crabs here we have crabs (laughs) we got crabs in old bay you take that back we invented old bay it's so far away here's another uh patreon uh perk that uh, I, I 
people who are on this call might know that I uh, bought a ukulele this weekend. Yeah, um, you did at a, at a Renaissance fair, and it's yeah uh, the Maryland and, Renaissance the Maryland fair. Renaissance fair. They had crabs, um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I've been I've been playing it, and Andy, you might I, I've never I don't. I know your your affection for this band, but I don't know your affection for this album. I'm basically going to record myself playing on ukulele the entire track list from Panic at the Disco is pretty odd. Oh, um, so good. So uh, that that'll definitely be Patreon content. Uh, so yeah, love that. Get, get in there to hear some uh, some northern downpours. You know what I mean? I can't wait for this. This is going to be great. It's very good. I'm very excited for it. That's at patreon.com slash WTM radio. Like I said, you can access that right from where they may.com or just Google where they may Patreon, or, you know, put a, put some money in a carrier pigeon and send it towards the mountains. Don't put where it in that the little radio cabin is. Give it, give it to the pigeon to hold and then don't put it in the pigeon, please. <laughs> I'm, uh, did I say put it in a pigeon? You did, you did I, say that. I will. Put my entire Heroclix collection in my car for my Huntington, West Virginia pilgrimage. If I see Clint McElroy on the streets of Huntington, West Virginia, I will challenge him to a Heroclix battle. Throw down. So, so ten, the- 10 new patrons, maybe maybe Titans will clash in Huntington. Gosh, how many patrons to like really like make this happen? To make this like w- a bare knuckle brawl? I, I would love to to just duke it out on the Heroclix table with Clint McElroy. That'd be dope. Yeah, maybe we'll make that happen. But we can't make any of this happen without your patronage at patreon.com. Is it six hours Radio. away? It's God. real far. It's this so gonna, much further. I'm making, suck. I'm making a trip from Ohio to um, Virginia next month. And I was like, ooh, maybe I'll pass by it. Not even close. I will not even be able to smell Huntington from where I'll be. God. I'm going to wake up very early on a Saturday if I have to do this. <laughs> no, not up early on a Saturday. I, I know. I'm gonna, it's going to suck, Ronnie. Maybe we'll just Ronnie, get nine. Ronnie, has a baby, says, oh, no, you have to wake up early <laughs> oh, on Oh, you're just teasing me. Yeah. I didn't even pick up on it. Maybe yeah. we'll only get nine new patrons, and that would be great. Because then, like, it's more money for us, which is dope. But... Per the rules of the engagement, I won't have to drive to West Virginia six hours away. Anywho, fuck me. I'm bad. Let's play a game of can I convince my wife to drive through Huntington, West Virginia? (laughs) Anywho, that's not important. That is neither here nor there. Oh my gosh, it adds like two hours to the trip. No, thank you. (laughs) Um... What do we say at the end of these podcasts? We're never doing Firefly. Nope. Oh, throwback. Peace be with you. And also, your butt. <laughs> Where they may radio.